and welcome back or to Hunting Legends. I am su host Lauren Garcia and today I need to issue an a bit of apology because in the last little fun-sized episode I mentioned that I was doing an episode on the 30th, the day before Halloween, but that was wrong because <laughs> I'm trying to make a subtle switch to Saturdays instead of Fridays. So yeah, today's Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Hope you all are having a spooky, grand, wonderful Halloween. And today's topics, top topic, overall topic, is going to be portals to hell, or is portals to hell. Anywho, I have a spare few places. Wait, let me... Let me count. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10, 11, 12, 12, 12 good ones? 12 good places? I may have miscounted that. I'm, I'm gonna say that now. I may have miscounted that. And half of these notes are from my lovely sister, who decided to help me through the kindness of her heart. She... She's very good at taking notes, and I'm very bad. It took me, like, three days to get notes on six places, and it took her, like, two. It didn't even take her, like, two. It took her one day to get notes on five places, and then I asked her to get another... asked her to look into another one, and she got that within, like, an hour. She's much better at taking notes than me. So, anyway, thank you, sister, for helping me take notes. But to get into it, the first place that I have here is Cape Matapan. I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Cape Matapan is at the end of Mani Peninsula, Greece. It is the southernmost point in mainland Greece and the second southernmost point in mainland Europe. It separates the, stick with me on these pronunciations please, the Messinan Gulf in the west and the La Laconian, I believe is how you pronounce it, the Laconian Gulf in the east. Now, throughout history, Cape Matapan has played host to many events and yeah, events throughout history, including it being the site of the city Tannerum, which I believe is how you pronounce it. I'm probably getting that horribly wrong, and I'm sorry, but that's um, probably, yeah. Uh, this particular city now lays in ruins. There, there's the dogs. Hold on. Okay, the dogs are now in the little studio room. Hi, Bo. Hi, Roxanne. Uh, there's... We live right next to a car dealership, and there's a truck unloading cars next to the house, and he keeps barking at it. So I decided to put him in here to calm his barking, because he barks at everything. So, sorry if you hear him clicking around. Hopefully he'll lay down pretty soon and he won't bark again. Hopefully. I mean, there's still a pretty damn good chance that he will, but hopefully he won't. Uh, where was I in my notes? Uh, the city that now lays in ruins. Near the city, it is said that there is a cave that legend claims is the home of Hades, the god of the underworld. Now, due to this, the Spartans built several temples on the cape, including one on the hill just above where the cave was supposed to be dedicated to the god Poseidon. That particular temple was named Tanarun, which I believe is how you pronounce it. An 
And actually, during the Byzantine Empire or the Eastern Roman Empire, the temple was actually converted to a Christian church. And overall, Kate Matapan was actually... <clears throat> excuse me. I take a drink. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Kate Mosfan was actually one of the many places where mercenaries would actually wait to be employed. The cave was also the site of where SS, where the SS Californian Titanic's would-be rescue ship would, was sunk by German forces in November 9th, 1915, during the First World War. On later on March 1941, during the Second World War, the Battle of Cape Matapan occurred. This battle was between the Royal Navy and the Italian uh, Regia Marina, or the Italian Royal Navy. Uh, the British won this battle, drastically reducing Italian naval activity in the Eastern Mediterranean. <clears throat> Now, nowadays, the entrance to the underworld is believed by archaeologists to actually be the Alipatrapa Cave, a Neolithic burial site where the some 5,800-year-old embracing skeletons of Alipatrapa were found, as well as several the remains of some 170 separate persons were found. This site was thought to be connected to the entrance to the underworld due to its connection to the dead. And yeah, the Alipatrapa cave is like near where the temple used to sat and is near Cape Matapan, so it's believed that Alipatrapa and the cave to the underworld are the same thing. And people in those days we're just mixing up portal to hell to like a burial site, a sacred burial site. But yeah, I I will try to get somebody to post a picture of the embracing skeletons because it's actually a very cool story or a very cool picture. And yeah, uh, check that out if I can't get it. But we'll try to get somebody to post. The next place I have... I, I, okay, I will warn whenever I have Gabby's notes and I haven't completely read over them. I've just kind of skimmed through them, which I shouldn't have done, but here we are. Uh, the next place I have is the Plutonian of... Herapolis? I believe is how you pronounce it. Uh, Pluto's Gates to Hell. Of Hell. Pluto's Gates of Hell. That's what it is. Uh, this particular place was founded around 190 BC by the king of Pergam per per mm, Pergamum, I think. I should get my sister back here so she can explain to me some of these names. <laughs> Eumenes the second. Okay, okay, okay. I fucked up. Okay, this cave, this particular place, was founded in nine in what in one ninety BC by the king Pergan Per. Mm, Pergamum, Eumaces the second. <laughs> a cave that is part of a regional site that was thought to be the entrance to the underworld. Now, priests would often commit ritual animal sacrifice and would sell birds to tourists to release in the cave themselves they, to, to release in the cave and the birds would most likely die. Jeez. Why? Sometimes
sometimes I don't get animal sacrifice. Sometimes. Most of the time. It's most of the time. Many writers of the time would describe the cave as a deep crevice filled with suffocating mist. But in reality, the site was actually built on top of a cave that emits toxic gas. CO2 is found in abundance in the cave. So basically, what they thought was hell and how it couldn't breathe was just toxic fumes from... I feel like that that's like a lot in this particular era. Like a cave or a site built above toxic fume emissions or volcanic emissions. Yeah. Speaking of toxic fumes and volcanic emissions, that leads us to our next place, which is a bit across the water. In Hecla, excuse me. Our next place is Hecla in South Iceland, Southern Iceland, South Iceland. What is what sense does that make? This is a stratovolcano that is one thousand of. 491 miles high, or 4,892 feet. And this place is one of Iceland's most active volcanoes, with well over 20 eruptions that date as early as Record that are recorded as early as 1104, but uh, there are some. There is a lot of evidence that say that there were more before that time of unrecorded eruptions, and I will get into that. Uh, but in 1104, after I accidentally hit pause. But in 1104, after an eruption, stories were spread all over, probably by. I'm not having fun pronouncing words today. (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, Probably by Christian monks or Catholic monks. Stories were spread by these monks that uh, Hecla was the gateway to hell. In fact, a poem from circa 20 mentions that Hecla being the prison mentions of Hecla being the prison of Judas. Uh, Later during the 1341 eruption, it was recorded that people saw large birds, or wait, people saw birds large and small, or what is, what is words? What is, what is English? People saw birds of various sizes flying through the mountain's fire, and people around that time believed that these birds were actually souls flying in and around the gate to hell. Now, in the 16th century, Caspar Puser, a German scholar, wrote that it wrote. that in, quote, the bottomless abyss of Hecla, the gate of hell, can be found. These beliefs persisted well into the 19th century. There are still legends that, still legends today, that witches gather around Hecla for celebrations, like Easter. I, what is my life right now? I am not having... (laughs) I got crap in my throat. I can't speak. Jeez, what's going on? Anyway, back into the fray. Uh, where was I with notes? I'm not good at what is going on today. Seriously. Um, 
Hecla's eruptions have actually been very difficult to predict, some being a short week or so, while others stretching for months and even years. One of the longest ones that they had was actually a six-year active eruption. Uh, the only general correlation between the eruptions is the longer Hecla goes dormant, the larger and more catastrophic the eruption will be. Uh, the most recent eruption was actually on February 26, 2000. One of the largest eruptions actually happened circa 1000 BC. It threw 7.3 kilometers of volcanic rock into the atmosphere, placing its volcanic explosive <clears throat> volcanic Explosive Index, or VEI, at a 5. 7 being, it goes from 0 to 7, and the 7 is being the most explosive, so that, having it be a 5 is pretty bad. Uh, this particular eruption cooled temperatures for a spare few years. Uh, traces of this eruption were actually reported, weren't, weren't recorded in history, but actually were recorded in tree rings. By studying tree rings and tree growth of the trees that were growing around the area at the time, they were able to identify that this eruption did happen. Other prehistoric eruptions included an eruption in 5050 BC, one in 3,900 BC, one in 200, wait, 2,310 to 20. That must have been a very, okay, the way I figured that one is that it must have been a, like one of those year, years-long eruptions due to the disruption in tree growth and whatnot and plant growth and also due to volcanic ash that was being dispersed and laid a lot of groundwork for recording, prehistorically recording uh, the eruptions. Uh, there was also one in 950 BC. Now, like I said before, using, like I mentioned a little bit ago, using the production, <laughs> using the volcano's natural huge production of ash in Tepra, or Tef, I think it's, I think it's Tepra, uh, that covered some 80% of Iceland. They were able to actually mark very, fairly accurately the eruptions due to the soil due to soil profiles. Now it is said that it is thought or believed that Hecla was dormant for some 250 years before the 1104 eruption, which happened to be which happened to have a VEI of five. Some other eruptions that were recorded that I will state here. Uh, I'm just going to go through these, uh, but about their year and their VEI, or their explos explosivity. It, it's, I don't think that's a word. Uh, after 1104 in 1158, it erupted with a VEI of 4 in 1206. The eruption had VEI of 3 in 1222, had a VEI of 2. In 1300 and 1301, Hecla had a VEI. Ooh, what is this? Uh, snooze? Thank you. I'll restart my computer later. I have to record now. <laughs> 
where was I? Uh, 1300 and 1301 had a VEI of 4. 1341 had a VEI of 3. I'm, I'm just going to say the numbers afterwards. <laughs> uh, 1389 had a 3. 1510, 4, 1597, 4, 1645 to 1846, a VEA, a Not only like the explosive explosivity of it, but like what causes it and in history, what it was believed to be. It, it's just interesting. It's interesting to me. I'm not sure about you. The next one I have that my sister took notes for me. I'm going to switch back and forth, but I, I will still mention which ones my sister takes notes on. Uh, in Chinoke Jigoku, I believe is how you pronounce it. I'm extremely sorry if I get that wrong. In Beppu, Japan, I think. I should have put that Or the Bloody Hell Pond, sometimes called the Bloody Hell Pond. Chinoke Jigoku is a natural hot spring that sits atop of an iron oxide deposit, which turns the water into a muddy red or blood-like. Uh, these particular waters are for viewing only because the water actually sits at... 78 degrees Celsius or 172.4 degrees Fahrenheit. So if you jump into this pond, you're going to get boiled alive. It was often used to torture people and boil them to death. I just, I just mentioned that. <laughs> uh, now the waters and mud are actually used to make skin products. The Bloody Hell Pond is now available as a soothing cream. Oh my gosh, that's that's great. I I want some Bloody Hell Pond cream right now. Uh, if I do remember, I believe this place can still be visited. I know it's still there. I'm not sure if it st can still be like visited via like tourists. But that's still a pretty cool thing. And I, I, I'll see if I can't get somebody to put up pictures. But it, it does kind of look... It, it doesn't necessarily... It looks like a muddy pond. But then you start to see that it has a red tint to it. And you're just like, what in the world is that? And so, yeah... Uh, but don't go in there to jump into the pond or else you'll get boiled alive. Like a lobster. Or a crab. Don't want to be a crab or a lobster now, do you? Next place I have is St. Patrick's Purgatory. I don't know why I said it like that, it just came out. 
this place is in Ireland. Uh, it's an ancient pilgrimage site on Station Island in Lungderg, which I believe is how you pronounce it, which is a lake in County Dungay, Ireland. I know I'm not pronouncing that one correctly. I I looked up some of these pronunciations and I forgot them and I should have written them down. Why do I not learn my lessons? Do tell me why I don't learn my lessons. Do tell me how I don't learn my lessons. Uh, according to legend, in around in around the fifth century, Christ showed Saint Patrick, pa the patron saint of Ireland. Excuse me, jeez, drink, drink, <laughs> Frank. I might as well be coughing up a lung over here. Christ showed St. Patrick, the patron saint of Ireland, a cave slash pit slash well uh, on Station Island that was supposedly the entrance to purgatory. The importance of this site actually showed in many mentions of texts as early as 1185, uh, and a lot of and it was drawn on a lot of maps dating back to the 15th century. Uh, there was some confusion as to whether the pit on state was on Station Island or on Saints Island, as some maps actually marked the location on Saints Island, although the traditional legends pins it at Station. And actually, a lot more detailed maps do show it on Station Island. So I think that was just a little bit of map confusion. Uh, but story goes, the original legend goes that when St. Patrick grew discouraged of his inability to convert others, he prayed that God would give him some proof. Uh, so God showed him the pit to purgatory. And St. Patrick was to show this to others as proof of the real reality of his beliefs, which I think is, like me personally, I think that's kind of weird and kind of shitty as, a po as for the belief, because it's supposed to be faith, like you don't know for certain, like nobody knows for certain if this is real, but it's supposed to be faith. My sister could probably explain this to you better. It's supposed to be faith, like you're supposed to believe in it no matter what. With or without proof. With or without miracles. And so I think this is just kind of... A little bit shitty. <laughs> I, I can understand if other people would want proof for their faith. But uh, it's supposed to be faith for a reason, in my opinion. That's, that may not be your opinion, and that's okay. Uh, but there is actually little to no proof that St. Patrick actually went to Longderg Lake and that the cave itself, the cave itself that was uh, the purgatory, the entrance to purgatory, has actually been closed off since October 25th, 1636. The entrance that has been closed off is only about two foot wide and three foot high which <laughs> bit of a tight squeeze if you ask me uh once through the entrance you once through the opening there is a short six step descent into a sort of two-part tunnel the first part being about nine feet long and only high enough to kneel in and then the second sort of part it, after a turn the second part is a another five foot long segment that leads to the end of the tunnel. Uh, now, mar modern archaeologists believe that the cave was actually a sweat house where people would actually go to inhale medicinal smoke from burning plants as a way to cleanse or purge the body. Sort of like a sauna, sort of like a modern day sauna. Uh, and the cave was actually a, it is believed that the cave was actually a place for spiritual healing, considering that there was, is, is a term 
I can't really remember the Latin term, but it is close to purgatory. And it basically means to like purge, to cleanse the soul or cleanse the body or cleanse the spirit. And the connection of purgatory being a place of punishment and a place of repent kind of I was is believed to be connected to this sweat house where it's a place of spiritual healing or bodily heal whatever a place of healing that's the connection that historians today believe is between the two no mention of toxic fumes here the next place i have <coughs> Okay, I can feel the long coming now. Uh, the next place I have is the Catacombs de Paris, or the Catacombs of Paris. Uh, these are notes from my sister. Uh, but in 1774, the Saint... In it, wait, the Saint Innocence... Cemetery, the St. Innocent Cemetery was overflowing so much that the basement of an adjoining property collapsed into itself under the weight of mass graves next to the door. Oh, whoa. What? Do I need to read that for myself again? The, oh my gosh, the basement actually collapsed. Oh, can you imagine that? You're like, you're just going into your basement and it, the, suddenly the ceiling collapses because of a bunch of bodies. Oh, okay. After this little incident, a law was passed forbidding the use of mass graves. Understandable and burying the dead inside of the city, which is also understandable. Very understandable. Uh, the answer to these issues was actually under the ground, the underground quarry underneath Paris, which was, implement, which was implemented and now holds the remains of over six million persons. Six million people. The skeletal remains still decorate the walls and ceilings of the caverns. Only a small part of the caverns were actually used to house the dead and tour guides. Heavily worn actually... Tours can still be gone... Just what There are still tours running that can lead you throughout the catacombs. However, tour guides heavily warn against getting lost or leaving the group or going by yourself because Whoa! well that was scary <laughs> I, I'm sorry about that I didn't think the dogs would my sister came back here to show me her Halloween costume and I didn't think the dogs would be dumb enough to bark at her but uh, they're now on the outside of the room I think they're with my sister I can hear Roxy outside right now uh, but where was I? Uh, tour guides advise you never to go into the catacombs by yourself due to the fact that you might never see the sun if you don't stay with the guides who actually know the place. You can get, you can still get lost in these catacombs and due to the... I, what is the word I'm looking for? Extravagance. No. Due to the expanse, there we go, expanse of the caverns, you you could get lost and they could never find you. But uh, with that being said, in 2004, police actually found a fully functioning movie theater in the caverns. But when they went back, it was no longer there. Why? Why? Oh my gosh, can you imagine a horror movie marathon in the middle of the catacombs of Paris? 
surrounded by skeletons of actual humans. Somebody had a good laugh there. Somebody had a great laugh there. Ooh, somebody had a good movie marathon. Uh, that being said, uh, let's move on to the next place. Uh, the next place I have is Acheron River, which I believe is how you pronounce it. This is a 52 kilometer or 32 mile long river in northwest Greek. Greece, Greek, Greece, in northwest Greece. Uh, in Greek myth, Atron was is known as the River of Woe, being one of the five rivers of the underworld. Homeric, I believe is how you pronounce it. Homeric poems, he was an author and he wrote poems, obviously. Homeric poems says that Atron is the river of Hades to which rivers of the un to which the rivers of the underworld Flegathon Flegathon I'm not sure how to pronounce this one. Should I look it up? I'll look it up. Just, just because I don't want I I don't want to just blatantly mispronounce it. I mean, I know I do that with other words, but I don't want to completely mispronounce this one. Let's look up pronunciation. Okay, there it is. Looking it up, looking it up, talking to fill in the silence. Pilagethon. <laughs> Listen to the difference between those. <laughs> It's like the difference between jalapeno and jalapeno. Pilagethon. Uh, and... Cossetus, I believe is the uh, Cossetus. The rivers of Let's get my words. Let's get my brain. Collect. Please collect brain. Plagathon and <laughs> Cossetus uh, flow into the rivers of what? Okay, let me just start that over again. In Homeric poems, Archeron is the river of Hades to which the rivers Plegathon and Cossetus flow into. Now, poet Virgil actually called Acheron the principal river of Tartarus. The newly dead would be ferried across by Charon, the ferryman, before entering the underworld. Later traditions say that Atron was a son of Helios and either Gaia or Demeter, but was then turned into the river after refreshing the Titans during their contest with Zeus. In myth, Atron is a in this particular myth, Atron is the father of, mm, stick with me on this pronunciation, Ascalaphus, Ascalaphus, one or the other, I think it might be the second one, whose mother was Orphne. In Dante's Inferno, Atron actually forms the border to hell. Some a little more notes on the other five rivers of the underworld. Uh, the five overall if rivers are Atron, the river of sorrow or woe, uh, Cossetus, the river of lamentation, Styx, 
the river between the earth and the underworld. Leth, I believe is how you pronounce it, the river of forgetfulness, and Plegathon, which is the river of fire. And now I, I wanted to include this little information because it is kind of funny. Er, it, funny? It is kind of interesting. How did I get funny out of interesting? Anyway, uh, it is said in this myth, Plegathon is actually a, said to flow parallel to Stinks. Stinks at one point was actually in love with Plegathon, but whenever she got too close, was actually consumed by his flames and the and then sent Hades. Then Hades allowed her stinks to flow in the river parallel to Plegathon uh, so that they could be reunited. I did not word that well, but here we go. And yeah, I just wanted to add that little bit of information on the five rivers of the underworld. Let's move on, shall we? Okay, <laughs> I was a little bit confused on these notes. Uh, sorry about that. It's a two-page notes. The next per the next place I have is the Fengdu City Ghost City. Or um, Fengdu. Uh, Fengdu Jua Cheng, I believe is how you pronounce it, is actually a, comp a, a complex of shrines, temples, and monasteries dedicated to the afterlife. This particular place is at Ming Mountain Fengu, Fengdu. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry about the way I pronounce things. Uh, Fengdu County Chong, Chongqing Municipality. Yeah. What is words? What is words? Municipality. And. In China, this, yeah, I'm not repeating that. I struggled through it once. Uh, and this particular shrine, set of shrines, is almost 2,000 years old. <coughs> Dates back to the Han Dynasty, which ran from... Two hundred oh six BCE to two hundred twenty CE. Oop, hit the mic. Uh, two officials, Yin Chang Shen and Wang Fangping, decided to run away to practice and study Taoism, and eventually be become immortal. Uh, Yin and Wang were later combined to mean king of the underworld. It was modeled after... The city was modeled after Yondu, the capital of Diyu, referring, referred to as hell in English. Uh, according to Chinese beliefs, the dead come to Fengdu to pass three tests in order to move to the next life. These three tests being the Bridge of Helplessness, where there's three bridges in the center of which is the correct answer. Those who are unworthy or who have sinned, I'm guessing, get pushed into the water by the demons who guard the bridges. The next test is ghost is the ghost torturing pass when the deceased stand before Yama, king of hell, to be judged 
this area is filled with sculptures of demons. And the last test is the Tanzi Palace. At the entrance to the palace, the dead must balance on one foot on a certain stone. A virtuous person will be able to do it, while a sinful person will fall and go into hell. The place, this particular place, is Palace Palace is some 300 years old. There are also, there is also a statue of a girl called the Warmth, the, wait, wait. <laughs> there is also a statue of a girl called the Wreath-Eating Ghost. In life, she stole flower wreaths from the statues of Buddha, and as punishment in the afterlife, she was not allowed to eat at the food offerings and can only eat flower wreaths. Which is some pretty cool, pretty cool pictures. Pretty cool stuff. I should get some pictures. It's really amazing pictures. I need to get somebody to get those on the website on the social medias. Next! The next place I have is Lake Avernus or Lago de Averno which also means birdless. This particular lake is a volcanic lake in southern Italy that sits in Avernus Crater. It is two kilometers or 1.2 miles in circumference and because it, it be pretty round and it is some 60 meters or 213 feet deep roughly 213 feet deep uh, the romans actually believed that avernus was the entrance to the underworld And that there were actually caves around the lake that you could walk into in order to enter said underworld. But the lake itself actually has a pretty interesting history. Uh, the house, an aristocratic family called the House of Bourbon actually owned the lake until 1750 when they gave up the land and the lake to another aristocratic family who then turned around and sold it in 1991 to the Cardillo family. Or Cardillo? I'm not really sure which one. Uh, and then in 2010, the land and the lake was actually seized by police after the owner was accused of being a frontman for the Mafia. <laughs> a little bit on the crater in the Avernus volcano. Avernus crater is approximately 300... 3.2 kilometers or 2 miles in circumference and it is said in it, it is said in roman times that all birds that fly over the lake are destined to die or fall dead which could be because of the toxic fumes emitting from the lake due to the fact that it is in the center of a crater on top of a volcano which was once active the lake actually emits a lot of toxic fumes and whenever birds fly over it the birds inhale the fumes and they die they can't handle it which is why the lake has been come to be known birdless another toxic fumes place that's so strange Anyway, that's all the notes that I have on that one. Let's go to the next place. The next place I have is Huska Castle. 
it is 47 kilometers or net what I was gonna say 92 but it's actually 28 man my dyslexia is going off today it is 20 wait what did I say did I just did it is 29 miles okay let me start that over again it is 47 kilometers or 29 miles north of Prague the castle was constructed in the 13th century between some sometime between 1253 and 1278 under the rule of Otakar II of Bohemia. There is no logical reason for Hoska Castle to have been constructed where it now stands. There is no water source, no paths or trade routes, no surround... It, it is surrounded on all sides by forests, swamps, and mountains. It has no fort fortifications. It's not defendable. It has no kitchen, and it has never had any occupants. It was, however, built over a hole in the ground called the Gateway to Hell. That's so deep, no one can see to the bottom of it. Now, before the castle was built, it is said that half-animal, half-human creatures would come out of the pit at night, and black-winged creatures would attack locals, and these black-winged creatures would attack locals and attempt to take them back into the hole. When the construction on the castle started, prisoners were offered pardon if they agreed to be lowered into the pit and brought back up to tell what they saw. The first man was the first man that was lowered into the pit and began screaming and didn't stop even after being brought back to the surface. He was said to have aged 30 years and in the matter of a few minutes that he was down there. Here they go again. What's it this time? Can you hear him borf? Uh, his hair supposedly turned white and his face became extremely wrinkled. He supposedly went insane and died two days later. During the Second World War, there were rumors that the Nazis had taken the castle to perform experiments related to the occult. They tried to harness the forces of hell, quote, harness the forces of hell, for their own cause. The castle is now a tourist attraction and is open to the, it, it, it is open to tourists and tours, you can tour the place. Uh, tourists and employees that go there often say that demonic sounds and screams can be heard from the pit and that the castle itself is extremely haunted. Personally, I would love to go here. I mean, I wouldn't love to fall into the pit, but I would love to go here and see it myself. Yeah. The last but not least place that I have is Mount Osor. Or, I guess you could say the Buddhaji Temple, which hopefully I'm pronouncing correctly. Uh, this is a Buddhist temple in northern Japan that sits in, the, in a caldera of an active volcano. And a caldera is a cauldron-like hollow that forms after the emptying of a magma chamber or reservoir after a volcanic eruption or in during a volcanic eruption. In Japanese mythology, Osor is one of the gates to the underworld. The temple itself uh, claims to be to have been founded in 1862 AD by monk Inin, which I believe is how you pronounce his name. 
It was abandoned in 1457, but then restored in 1530. The otherworldly setting of Mount Osor marks it as one of the many entrances to the underworld. It has a very charred landscape. There's bubbling pits around. It has very unearthly hues, and there's a lot of nauseous and toxic fumes. There's also actually a small stream that feeds into the neighboring Lake Yasori, which I believe is how you pronounce it, but I may be getting that terribly wrong. Uh, this particular stream is thought to be a uh, Sangu River. Uh, wait. Sanzu River. I'm so sorry. Sanzu River, or the River of Three Crossings, where souls need to cross on their way to the afterlife. Uh, Vodaji is actually home to a lot, or a spare few, Itako, which I believe is how you pronounce it, or spiritual mediums who claim to summon souls and deliver their messages, sometimes even in their voices. Now, traditionally, these spiritual mediums are actually blind women who train extensively for this particular work. Uh, the temple itself also maintains a hot spring resort and also uh, has an annual, I'm not sure if it's annual, but has like an annual event where people can come and ask the Otakai or Otako, how did I pronounce it earlier? And um, ask the mediums uh, about their loved ones and about the souls in the souls of the deceased. But that that's the last one. That is, yeah, that's the last one that I have. Uh, personally, I would put all of these places on a bucket list. Maybe, maybe not some of the toxic fume places, but I would definitely want to see several of these places just to... Not, not just for, like, shits and giggles, but just because these particular places sound so cool and the pictures of these particular places look so amazing. And the stories and legends surrounding these places are just as amazing. So, if you have a bucket list, if you're going to follow that bucket list, bucket list uh, go visit any of these places. Don't accidentally step into hell, though. I mean, I can't imagine that would be bad. I mean, that one dude went insane. And died. And then there's also the toxic fume places. Don't be careful on your travels if you're going to these places. If you want to go to these places and are planning to go, I, I don't know. Uh, let's not step into hell, though. I mean, unless you want to, but that's your choice, not mine. Let's just, let's not do it. <laughs> Be careful, friends. Uh, but anyway, with all that being said, uh, I will say that this has been Hunting Legends. If you're new, please subscribe for more content. If you're already subscribed, please like, comment, review. Get all your friends into Hunting Legends. I link them into the description of every episode, but please follow our social medias. Somebody posts there every now and again. We're... It's, it's random. It truly is. Uh, uh, hope you all have great weeks, weekends. I... I'm not giving hints because I'm I'm terrible at them. I should just stop. Uh, but anyway, I hope you all have a great Halloween. I'm not sure when you are listening to this, but uh, I'm recording it on Halloween. Recording. Recording it on Halloween, and hopefully you can listen to it tonight on All Hallows Eve night and be a little scared. Uh, let's not summon demons. Let's... 
let's be mindful if we are going to summon demons or go to hell or anything like that. But until then, and <laughs> until we go to hell, but until the next episode. Uh, anyway, I, I, I messed that up. Uh, please stay tuned for the next episode of Hunting Legends, but until then, I will be saying goodbye. Uh, goodbye, be safe, have a happy Halloween. Bye.